Ladies and gentlemen, back again with another episode of the Bow Down Podcast. And John, we've been kind of missing each other these last few weeks. I went away on vacation. You've been busy with some business things. You've done some awesome instant reactions to Kalen DeBoer leaving, to head coach Jed Fish coming in. I was able to sit down with our good friend Lincoln Kennedy to talk a little bit about Husky's time past and Husky's time future. But it's good to see you. It's good to talk to you. How you been, my friend? Can't complain. Can't complain. It's, uh, there's a lot of uncertainties right now in Husky land, but oh, we, you, you and I both love the fish hiring and we're excited for him to get going. But as of right now, there's a lot of question marks. A lot of question marks, a lot of overall questions for the program as a general. Um, let's start from the top. Let's talk over what happened in the last two weeks, obviously with your instant reaction podcast episodes that have come out, we know that former head coach Kalen DeBoer has left to go to the Alabama Crimson Tide to be the head coach there. You provided some instant reactions. And honestly, I share the sentiment. I'm not very mad at Kalen DeBoer. I'm upset that we've done so well over the last two seasons under Kalen DeBoer. And unfortunately that he and Ryan Grubb and a bunch of the coaching staff won't be able to see the success out through fruition with the Washington Huskies. But let's be honest, John, Alabama is one of those programs, one of those universities that if you get that tap on the shoulder to come to Alabama, you're not going to say no. Agreed? No, 100%. And I agree wholeheartedly that we really can't be mad at Kalen DeBoer. And I touched on it during the reaction episode. When you look at his whole body of work coming from the NIA level to, you know, a few years OC at Indiana, head coach of Fresno, and then head coach of Washington, he doesn't have a crazy, crazy history of being a head coach or being a coach at big time football program, period. And now, you use the University of Washington as a stepping stone, which you really can't be mad at him for. He had great success, and that's awesome, but he has no allegiance to the university, as I said in that episode, where he wasn't an alumni. He didn't play there. He didn't never coach there before until he was offered a job as the head coach. So now you have a program like an Alabama come along and they want you to go head coach their football team everybody and their mother is going to take that job they're good you're going to get paid handsomely you're going to have every recruit wanting to go there because it's Alabama although he has been losing recruits which is going to happen regardless he it's still the University of Alabama it recruits itself essentially so you really can't be mad at him uh, it's yeah. unfortunate that we had so much success and that he just up and leaves after losing the national championship game. Yeah, that stings and it adds salt to the wounds, but it's it's good for him. Right. Now the university is going to go in another direction. There's been rumors that maybe Fish is using this as another stepping stone because he really has no allegiance to the University of Washington either, but he has been saying a lot of good things, and I'm really behind him, and hopefully he's here for a while, and hopefully he's here for longer than just two years. Before we jump into the Coach Fish talk and, and who's going to be coming with him from Arizona or other places, 
Um, other coaching departures following Kalen DeBoer to Alabama is Kayla, uh, offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb. We knew that that was happening. They'd been attached at the hip for the better part of the last two or three seasons. Um, offensive line coach Scott Huff, defensive player personnel coach Courtney Morgan, and uh, Ron McCreary, also, McCreefree, sorry, also appears to be out at Washington. Um, the only thing that rubs me the wrong way about the way Kalen DeBoer left is all those videos we were seeing on Bleacher Report and Barstool Sports about how the Washington players weren't uh, given any notification ahead of time and they found out on social media or from ESPN while in the weight room. So again, I'm wishing Kalen DeBoer all the best, all the success in the world. I hope he does well at Alabama. I hope Ryan Grubb does well at Alabama. They've done absolute marvels for our boys, Roma Dunze, Michael Penix, McMillan and Polk, and the rest of the offense. Um, it's a tough build, pill to swallow, but onward and upward. And John, as we're going onward and upward, it was a whirlwind of emotions, of upset and being left at the altar by Kalen DeBoer. But very, very quickly, we find our new soulmate in head coach, Jed Fish. Talk to me about what he is, where he's coming from, and what he brings to this Huskies, Huskies program. He really has not that much coaching experience being a head coach. He has an extensive coaching history from the college level, high school level, NFL level, most recently being the Patriots quarterbacks coach slash offensive coordinator before taking the Arizona job where he had back-to-back -back two losing seasons and then followed up this past season going 10-3, and three, leading that team to a ranking 11th nationally in the college football polls, which is their highest ranking since the 1998 season. And if it wasn't for Kalen DeBoer, he would have every right to win Pac-12 Coach of the Year for the job that he did over there. Right. I mean, you're going to – he he's a, he's a, he's the next – up and coming coach and that's what was really important and the athletic director really hit a home run with this because it was kind of like where can they really go from here Pete Carroll is he gonna come coach at the college level probably not Cliff Kingsbury can we lure him away from USC does he want to get back into being a head coach at the college level probably not so it could have been Matt Campbell. I think Matt Campbell's best years are behind him. And if it's not Iowa State, I really don't see him coaching anywhere else. So then you get the next hot commodity from the West Coast in, in Jed Fish, who he's recruited great. He developed two really young superstars in Noah Fafita, true freshman, through for all those yards. And, and he missed the first four games because he just wasn't the starting quarterback. And then you got McMillan, their wide receiver, sophomore, over 1,400 yards, over 10 touchdowns. So he's there. He can build players. He can build superstars. He can take these young players, get the best of their ability, and really, really hit on recruiting. So it's a, it's a real quick turnaround, especially with everybody leaving in the transfer portal and National Signing Day behind us. There's still the, the last signing day coming up in February. So if he's able to flip some or keep hold of some of the recruits that have already committed, we lost 
Noah Carter already. He's been offered Alabama, so he's most likely going to go there. Joshua Lair already decommitted too. So there are a few that are still committed, but we're going to have to see what happens and take it from there. What I do want to talk about with Jed Fish is his coaching career and just go through very quickly his different stops along his journey because he has been under a lot of unique and successful and interesting coaching trees, starting as a graduate assistant at Florida, which is his alma mater, under Steve Spurrier. He was with the Houston Texans as a defensive quality control coach in 02-03, in, with the Baltimore Ravens from 04 to 07, so has ties to the Harbaugh coaching facilities. Um, he was the wide receiver coach for the Broncos in 08, the University of Minnesota's QB coach in 09, the Seahawks QB coach in 2010. So he has that relationship with Pete Carroll as part of Pete Carroll's um, coaching staff. He was at the U as the QB coach and offensive coordinator for two years, Jacksonville Jaguars offensive coordinator, back to Michigan to spend some time as a QB coach, the passing game coordinator, wide receivers coach, was the interim head coach at UCLA in 2017, spent some time with Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams as a senior offensive assistant and the assistant offensive coordinator. And then in 2020 was the QB coach under arguably the greatest professional football coach of all time, Bill Belichick. Obviously, you mentioned the last two years as the Arizona um, head coach down in Arizona, and now he's with Washington. Um, not necessarily a huge, great overall head coaching record at 17 and 22, but what's really awesome and what's unique about him is that turnaround he did with Arizona last year. I believe they were 11 and 2. They had a big bowl game victory over Oklahoma, I believe. So I'm excited about the hire. Any additional thoughts on Jed Fish before we jump into the coaching staff he's bringing along him with him? And you 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 go down there, just offensive coach, offensive assistant, quarterbacks coach, all this. You know he's an offensive-minded, offensive first coach. And you've seen the type of development that he did with Noah Fafita last year coming in as a true freshman and him having so much success and McMillan at the receiver position having so much success. So we're really hoping that he can replicate that for whoever our quarterback's going to be because we currently have zero scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. But whoever that is, hopefully it's Demarcius Davis, and just come in, groom him, and let's be let's let's get this thing going and have a Noah Fafita type of season next year in the first year in the Big Ten. Yeah, I'm not expecting to go 14 and 0 and go to the Sugar Bowl and have an appearance in the national championship next year. But just like you guaranteed and predicted in one of your um Jed in your Jed coach Jed Fish head coach hiring prediction, we will be bowl eligible next year. We'll be a competitive team regardless. Um, Jed Fish has put together a tremendous coaching staff in his very short time with the Huskies thus far. And the number one name on this list that catches my eye is Brennan Carroll, your offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. John, does he have any relationship with any other coaches that have ever coached football? Yeah, this 
Pete Carroll's son. And Pete Carroll has already been spotted around campus and spotted in the facilities. So just coming from his tree and, you know, all the success that he had, not only at the college level, but in the NFL too, he comes from a great background and you could guarantee that hands down. Yeah. We have Kevin Cummings coming over as the wide receiver coach, Jimmy Doherty for passing game coordinator and QB coach, Scotty Graham as a running backs coach, Jason Calfusi is the running game coordinator and defensive line coach. Jordan Powell Powell, a name we might recognize. I believe he was part of the coaching staff either under um, Steve Sarkeesian when he was here or Peterson before Sarkeesian. So he's welcome back with open arms to Seattle. John Richardson, secondary coach. Tyler Owens, director of strength and conditioning. He was the strength and conditioning coach at Alabama during the prime Nick Saban years. So the Trent Richardson, the um, like the 2008 to 2015 years when they rallied off four or five national championships, Tyler Owens was the strength and conditioning director for the University of Alabama. So it's kind of a reverse Kalen DeBoer situation leaving Alabama to come to Washington. Any other hints, tips, insight on the coaching staff before we move into probably what's the most painful thing, which is the transfer portal talk. Uh, the coaches have been going crazy as of late. You see all over Twitter now, all the recruits are saying, blessed to receive an offer from University of Washington. Best to, uh, It's great to be re-recruited by the University of Washington. Uh, Kafusi has, has been doing a hell of a job. He's been, his name's been getting thrown around all over the place, all over Twitter by these recruits. And now we just have to lock them down. Honestly, that's what we got to do. We talked about, uh, Jed fish, I, I believe during your instant reaction podcast episode of the bow down podcast, which you can hear on Apple podcasts. You can hear on Spotify. You can stream us on all different channels here, there, everywhere. Um, there's a quote that Jed Fish said during his introductory press conference that uh, I know hit home on you, but it impressed me so much that I kind of ad-libbed it and have it in our Instagram bio. Do you want to tell us what that quote is, John? I mean, this is a great quote. This this really won over even the players in attendance, everybody listening, watching it, you, me, Hall of Husky land. But he says, we are here for the W, the W for winning the W for work, the W for Washington, and we'll give it everything we have. Sustained success is critical in college football, the ability to each and every year compete for championships. Time for me to run through a brick wall. That <laughs> got me hyped. Um, it's not him guaranteeing anything, ladies and gentlemen. We know that it's going to be a rough first year trying to get the wheels back on the car. But I have full confidence that Jed Fish and the staff he's putting around him and the players he's going to be recruiting and, you know, kind of absorbing through that transfer portal are going to get the thing done. John, speaking of the transfer portal, let's lead with the not so good news of who's leaving, who has their destinations picked out, um, because I'm under the impression not one returning starter on offense between transfer portal graduation, NFL draft declaring. Can you confirm or deny that? Uh, 17 players in the transfer portal. 
most recently now Tybo Rogers yesterday jumped in. We lost Parker Brailsford, who were your and I's favorite offensive linemen this past year. Uh, I could rally down. You want me to rally down everybody that we're losing? Yeah, run down the list. Anybody who's committed to a new school, let us know where they're going, and then um, we'll take it from there after this. All right, well, we got sophomore safety Vince Nunley in the transfer portal. Dylan Morris, senior quarterback, he is going to James Madison. Tayshawn Lyons, redshirt freshman, wide receiver, he's going to Utah. Javion Green, junior quarterback, he's going to Stanford. Asa Turner, senior safety, not committed anywhere yet. Will Rogers is a question mark because there have been rumors that he's been spotted around campus. He was at Jed Fish's initial player meeting. So there is a little bit of hope that he can recommit to Washington, who, like I said before, has zero scholarship quarterbacks on their roster. Then you have Ethan Barr, senior linebacker, who was a transfer from Vanderbilt. He's he's committed to Central Florida. William Haskell, junior quarterback, uncommitted. Michelle Powell, senior nickelback, he's going to Miami. Our good friend, friend of the program, who the number one transfer porter player that hurts the most in Jabbar Muhammad, senior quarterback, probably one of the hottest commodity, hottest names in the transfer portal still to this day, has not committed anywhere yet. I want to stop you on Jabbar real quick before we continue. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use this time to plead with, with my boy JB here. Okay. <laughs> There's rumors. Obviously, you could follow Kalen DeBoer to Alabama. You'd fit in well there. Um, you know, pro football talk and all these different college recruits slash transfer portal blogs and and posts are all calling you the number one player in the country who turned down declaring for the NFL draft. My friend, JB, number one, double thumbs down, whatever you want me to call you, anywhere but Oregon, my friend. (laughs) Anywhere but Oregon. You can go play anywhere, and you will fully have the support of the Bow Down podcast here, although we're still riding with the Huskies forever and always. Anywhere but Oregon. It, it, we can't we can't root for you if you go to Oregon. Can't root for you at Oregon. All right. Unfollow you on everything if you go to Jamar, Oregon. Anything from or- but Oregon. You know that, my boy. Okay. <laughs> John, I'm sorry. I just needed to get that out there. Continue, I, my friend. Loved it. Uh you got transfer tight end Trey Watson senior. He's going to Texas AM. You got Nate Calipo. Senior offensive guard uncommitted. You have the one that another one that really hurt. Austin Mack, redshirt freshman. You saw him decommit, and guess where he's committed now? Alabama. You have Parker Parker Brailsford, sophomore center. He's uncommitted. Jeremy Bernard, junior wide receiver. He's uncommitted. Garyon Hatchett and his brother Landon Hatchett, offensive guard, sophomore, and junior, respectively. They're both uncommitted. Julius Bulow, senior offensive guard, uncommitted. Vincent Holmes, redshirt freshman safety, uncommitted. And that about wraps it up for everybody that we currently have in the transfer portal. And that's not even mentioning everybody that has declared for the NFL draft. 
That is why there are zero starters returning from the offensive side of the ball from a season ago. And the defense does not look any better. I sent you a text yesterday of the potential starting lineup for these Washington Huskies next year. Quarterback, who knows? Running back, Cam Davis, which Cam Davis hopefully is going to stay because he was two years ago. He was a beast. Uh, Denzel Boston, Rasheed Williams, uh, Giles Jackson, Cuevas, Peacock, nobody at right guard, nobody at center, Henning, Clem, and then you go to the defensive side of the ball, Durfrey, Parker, Toonfi, uh, Carson Bruner, Alfonso Tupatala, Dixon, Devon Banks, stud, uh, G- uh Elijah Jackson, uh, Cameron, Fabi Kalanin, and, well, Vincent, Vincent Holmes is in the portal, so I don't know why his name's there. But that there's another there's another open roster spot over there. So, in, regards, in regards to players who have declared for the NFL draft, you have, obviously, Troy Faltanu, who's going to be a first-rounder. Jalen Polk. Braylon Trice is going to be a first-rounder. Jalen McMillan. Roger Rosengarden. You have Dylan Johnston, who's declared for the NFL draft. Obviously, Rome. Obviously, Michael Penix Jr. It's a lot. It's a lot of loss. Um, and I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy for everybody, man. It's like you took this 14 and one season, Pac 12 championship. You have Heisman finalists. You have best offensive line in the country. You have wide receiver Belintikoff award winner finalists. You win the Sugar Bowl. You make your way to the national championship. And let's be honest, if there was three or four plays that went a different way, it would have been a much closer national championship game than than the 21-point loss. But, you know, I can't be mad for the players that are declaring. I hope they all do well at the second level, at that higher professional level in the NFL. But John Jedfish and his staff is going to have a lot to do work-wise to prepare this team for at least even spring ball. No, and even you said it. You said it the best. You can't be mad at these players for declaring. You can't be mad at Kalen DeBoer. You can't be mad at these players transferring. What are they going to sit around for a coach that didn't recruit them to come make empty promises to a team that just lost the national championship? You really can't hate on it. But there's one concern that I do have with this Jed Fish's team is usually when you see coaches go from one university to another university the players from his former team all go into the transfer portal and then follow him over to Arizona. There's been reports that Noah Fafita staying in Arizona, that Totora McMillan, the receiver, he's staying in Arizona. Now they have nine players who recently entered the transfer portal, most notably uh, running back Jonah Coleman. He's coming on a visit to Washington, then highly recruited four-star incoming freshman Demond Williams. He's coming to Washington on a visit. So if he's able to kind of start getting those guys and then maybe more will come after that, it'd be a home run. But right now, you heard what the starting roster is. We are a mess. I'm not holding back from anything that we have accomplished this past year. Our first year covering this Washington Huskies football team, it was a blast and absolute so much fun. However, next year, the years to follow, it's definitely not going to come as easy as it did for us this season. But 
we're up for the challenge as the Bow Down Podcast. And we know Jed Fish is going to be up for the challenge as the head coach of the Washington Football Huskies. So we just want the fans to, you know, bear down and oh, bear down. No pun intended for the Arizona Wildcats, but that that that's funny how that kind of jumped in there. But I mean, just be patient. We have to give them a real chance. And you heard me going on one of the reactions that I do guarantee you that they will be bowl eligible next year. Now, a lot of people are probably shaking their head, but just from what I've been seeing and the players rallying around him, I believe so. I believe that strongly. And for every player currently on the roster from a season ago that decide to stay, which you would think Carson Bruner's a sure thing to stay just because his legacy and he's really, why, where else does he really want to go? He wants to be Washington Husky just like his father was. Tupatala most likely is going to end up staying. But for everybody that ends up staying, all the recruits that keep their commitment to the University of Washington under a new head coach that they didn't commit to previously, have the utmost respect from me. And for them to go into it being a national championship team a season ago to a new head coach where there's a million question marks and for them to to stay on ship and to not jump, it's it's great. And I'll buy every single one of their jerseys forever, wh whoever stays, because they'll be definitely, my players forever. Definitely a testament to the kind of overall environment that the Seattle area you know, we we talked to many a Husky legends over the last few weeks. Corey Dillon, Isaiah Stanback. We've had Kevin Gogan on. We've had Lincoln Kennedy on. And obviously Mario Bailey. Mario Bailey, if there's a word to describe him, he's the mayor of Seattle. You know, he spent his time, won his national championship with the Huskies, but now also does community work with the legends and alumni of the Seattle Seahawks. So just like being able to walk down the hallways of the athletic facility and have the potential chance to run into a Mario Bailey in the hallways who can stop and say, what's up, young fella? How you doing? What are you up to? Is there anything I can help you with? Just having those types of players and those types of environments, regardless of your coach, regardless of the situation of the player on your left and the player on your right have transferred or went to the NFL, that's what's going to keep the core tight with this with this athletic program. So super excited about that. Um, John, let's jump into the alumni spotlight. We are running a little long here on this episode of the Bad Down Podcast, but we had a lot to catch up on for the first time in a few weeks. Who is your alumni spotlight this week? And tell me about them. I'm going to go with a transfer player, uh, transfer quarterback, Jacob Eason. Eason attend, attended Lake Stevens High School in Washington and was rated a five-star recruit as the best pro-style quarterback and the number one overall recruit of the 2016 football class. He committed originally to the University of Georgia. However, he transferred to the University of Washington in 2018 before the transfer portal was in place, so he had to sit out a whole calendar year. Um, he, in the 2019 season at Washington, he threw for 3,132 yards, 23 touchdowns, and eight interceptions, completing 64% of his passes. He went on to be drafted fourth round in that 2020 draft by the Indianapolis Colts. He has since played for the Colts, 
the Seahawks, the Panthers, the 49ers, the Panthers again, and is currently on the roster with the New York football Giants. Shout out Jacob Eason. I remember he had I, I the name of the receiver slips my mind. I apologize to them, but he had this one ball that he threw from the left hash, and it was like a out and up this receiver ran, and it was just a perfect very Mario Manningham, Eli Manning to Mario Manningham Super Bowl versus the uh, versus the Patriots. Just the most perfect football I've ever seen thrown. So shout out Jacob Eason. Um, John, before we get out of here, I want to share some updates and what, what you can look forward to if you're watching or listening to us here on the Bow Down Podcast. Some important dates that are coming up. Um, so from... Early February through May, we're going to see a bunch of spring practices going on across the country, including Washington's, whenever our spring practice is. I'm hoping we can get some media press passes to get there. If not, we'll cover from afar. Um, you have the, the transfer deadline for the SEC, those teams going to the SEC. So it's Oklahoma, it's Texas. For those teams going to the SEC, there's a, a transfer deadline of February 1st. February 7th brings the regular signing period to start, so players can be signed starting February 7th. April 1st ends that. And then the later on, like you were hinting, there's a second transfer portal in May. May 1st through the 15th is a transfer window where people can continue doing transfer portal Um signings, changes, whatever the case may be. In regards to the Bow Down podcast, we're going to continue bringing you content week in and week out here, listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, streaming us on StreamYard, or through the Believe Network at Believe.com. Uh, tons of interviews with former, hopefully future, and current players as well. I teased it before. I was able to sit down last week with Lincoln Kennedy, a tremendous conversationalist and someone who knows more about football than I'll ever learn, John. So that was a pleasure to sit down with Lincoln Kennedy. We'll have that out next week here on the Bow Down Podcast. We'll continue bringing these update episodes maybe every two or three weeks about roster changes, coaching staff additions, and everything in between. And come football season, my friend, we will be here lock and key over and out here on the Bow Down Podcast. John, anything else you'd like to add before we cut loose? Uh, I got nothing to add. I'm just so interested in seeing how they could put together this roster all over again. So it remains to be seen. Hopefully they're able to pluck a couple players from the transfer portal, not lose too many that they already have committed to them, and we'll see what Coach Fish can do from there. That is correct, my friend. John, always a pleasure catching up with you here on the Bow Down Podcast, to the Husky Nation, please bear with us, my friends. It is going to be a rough and rocky road these next few months, but if there's anyone that needs any information, any questions, comments, concerns about anything and everything Huskies football, you can get those answers here on the Bow Down Podcast. Yes, sir.